Well, good morning and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us online. I hope that you continue to share the love in our community. You know that that word love is a complicated word, but sharing love with others doesn't need to be complicated. In fact, a random act of love or a random act of kindness can be one of the most simple things human beings can practice. Uh, think about it. It can be free. I mean, like you don't always have to pay to love on someone else. Uh, you, uh, it, it can be as simple as a smile. Uh, maybe now that some of us are spending a little bit more time at home, maybe this is a great time to, to make that phone call that, that you've been meaning to make or to send that text uh, and letting somebody know that, that you're praying for them and that you love them. It could be as simple as cooking a meal for your family. See, we need to be these. What are these? This is a light bulb and a salt shaker. What does a light bulb do? A light bulb makes everything brighter. Salt just makes the world a better place. And so I want to encourage you, church. You know, we, we, we did our Share the Love initiative um, about a, you know, for about a month. Uh, and, and then everything, you know, all the craziness started to happen. I want to challenge you. Don't let just Share the Love be a, a church initiative. You take the initiative to figure out ways to love this community. You be, you be the salt. You be the light bulb that this world needs. And um, I just want to just challenge you to continue to share the love. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. If you have your Bibles, turn to Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12. Today, I want to talk to you about leadership. I want to share with you what leaders do in the storm. I want to share with you what God's Word says that leaders do the way they behave in the storm. So last week we started um, our, our series on faith. Uh, the title of the, ser- of the message last week was Finding Our Faith in the Storm. And we learned from the first part of Second Chronicles chapter 20 that Israel is being surrounded by the enemy. I mean, the enemy is coming from the east, the enemy is coming from the south, the enemy is coming from, from the, the west. And what we learned last week is that the key to turning fear and anxiety and your questions and your doubts into faith is essentially letting fear be a trigger that propels you to God. It's just like smoke, just, just like smoke triggers a fire alarm. In the same way, we need to let fear drive us to seek God. We need to let fear and the anxiety and the questions and the doubts and the, the unknown and the uncertainty about the future, we need, we need to let that be the trigger to, so that we run towards God. So today the title is Leaders in the Storm, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12. Three things that I want to share with you before we actually read the scripture. Three things about leadership that I want to share with you. Number one, all of us are leaders. Do you know that? All of us are leaders. Your sphere of influence, maybe your children, maybe your coworkers, and maybe just a single friend, or maybe a group of people, maybe your spouse. 
But the truth is, all of us have the potential to influence other people. And so that's why, as we read Scripture, it's very important that you, that you pay attention to the message that God has for you. It doesn't matter if you're 8 years old or if you're 80 years old. You have the potential to influence other people. Number two, when, when the leader gets better, everyone benefits. When the leader gets be- better, every single person, every, uh, everyone else around that leader benefits. Uh, if I can manage to become a better dad, let's say that, that this month I somehow managed to become a better father than last month, everybody benefits. My children will benefit. Their teachers, you know, they'll benefit because they'll have good kids that are disciplined, that know how to behave, they know how to study. Uh, society eventually will benefit as a result of that. And so you see, uh, you never know how far the ripple effect actually goes. And then the last thing that I want to share about leadership is the fact that, that's what John Maxwell says. He says, leaders know the way, they go the way, and they show the way. They know the way, they gain insight. That's what you're doing today by, by, by joining us, by searching the scripture, by, by learning from God's word. They go the way. They don't just point fingers. They don't just, you know, uh, they, they, they walk the walk. Their actions match their words. And then they show the way. Leaders show the way. They, they teach others to, to lead. They don't just keep it to themselves. So today what you're going to, as we continue to, to study scripture, what you're going to see is that Israel, God's people, they're being attacked from all angles. And they're in the middle of this this war, this storm. Jehoshaphat, he's the king, he's a man of God, he's the leader, and this is what he's praying, verse 12. It says this, Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. Then he says, we do not know what to do but we're looking to you for help. And I love, I love how the NIV translates it. Same verse, just a little bit of a different translation. He says, he says, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Our eyes, we don't know like what, how these, how these whole, our circumstances are going to turn out, but our eyes are on you. Now, I, I want you to know, that there's a nugget of truth in this passage that God wants you to notice. Here it is. Leaders don't always have to know everything. Do you know that? In fact, sometimes it's better as a leader, it's better that you are self-aware enough to know that you don't know everything. Sometimes as a leader, you feel the pressure, right? You feel like, man, there's just the, the, the pressure from the world, the pressure from the people that, that, that you love. And you feel, like, you feel like you're supposed to have an answer for everything. You're supposed to, you know, for me, sometimes I feel like I need to solve every problem. I need to, I need to have an answer for every doubt that exists. And the truth is that what God's Word is teaching us here in this passage is that as a leader, you don't have to know everything. 
if you get a grasp of, of this concept, I believe that God's Word will set you free. You don't have to, you don't have, to have everything figured out. And so Jehoshaphat, the king, the man of God, he's, he's vulnerable enough to say in front of all the people, I mean, all these people, they look up to him, right? He's a king. He's supposed to have, you know, leadership, and he's supposed to, you know, tell the nation where they're going and what they're going to do. But instead, he's vulnerable enough to say, Lord, I don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. It's a great, I love this passage of Scripture for that. It just, it seems like Jesus just, he just takes the pressure off of your hands. He just, if you let him, he'll, he'll remove all, all of that from you. If you're willing, if you're open, you have to be open. And so as a mom, you don't need to know everything. As a dad, you don't need to have everything figured out. You, I, I know things may be challenging right now. I know the kids are running around the house. I know that you're trying to figure out the finances. I know that, that there's, there's a lot, that there's a, uh, just a ton that we don't know. But if you're a parent, I just want to speak to you for a moment. Give yourself a little breathing room. It, it's the same way if you're a teacher or if you're a coach or if you employ other people. Regardless of where God has you, you don't have to know all the answers. Look in verse 13. It says this, As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives and children. I love this, by the way. It's, you know, like they're having church. This is, this is leadership 101. Um, they're, you know, I said earlier, I said leaders, <clears throat> they go the way, they show the way. That's what they're doing. These parents... They're having church with their families in the midst of the, I mean, the enemy is coming. They're, they're, they're in the middle of the storm and they're teaching their kids. They're gathering their families. It, it says the little ones. It says the spouses. It says the children, everybody, the men, the wives, the, the, just everybody is coming together. And I love, I love that as a church, we may not be coming together in the physical building, but we are bringing our families together in our homes. And, you know, I said this last week. My hope is that during the next few weeks, that as we're not, while we're not meeting physically at our church our location where, where LifePoint Church is located, I hope that this will be a time where we lean in into God. I hope that this is a time where, like, we're not taking a break from church. This is a time where... We're, we're going to do things a little bit different, but we're not going to do them in our, in our own strength. We're going to seek God. We're going to pray. We're going to gather our family around, maybe in the living room, maybe around the TV, like around the, an iPad or the, in front of the TV or in front of the computer, and we're going to worship. This is a time where I hope that like nobody's cooking or doing the dishes or running around. I hope that you would take this opportunity to make this a, a special moment. Our kids are watching. Your kids are learning from you. They're, they're learning how to respond to stress. How do you handle uncertainty? And so I, my hope is that we would teach them to be resilient. What a, what a better opportunity than this to worship together as a family. 
So I love that, that verse. That's leadership 101. It begins in the home. That's, that's where you begin to lead. Verse 14 says this. It says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel. I had to practice some of these names because, man, I tell you, these are, these are tough. Son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jeiel, son of Matani, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. He said this. So this guy, this, this, this guy who's, who's not the king gets up and he grabs everybody's attention. And, and the Bible says, that he says, he says this, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. Now, the reason why I love this verse is because this man, who's not the king, by the way, he's leading up. So, so what, do you, what do you mean by leading up? By leading up, what I mean is that he's leading the king. He, you can have influence with people who are above you. So this guy is having influence on the king. Now, you may not, you may not always be, you may not be the boss. You may not be like the owner of the company or the organization that you're working for. You may not be the, the manager or the CEO or the, may not be the lead pastor or the principal of the school, or you may not even be a parent. You may not be the head guy or the, the head girl, but you can have influence on the people who are above you. Like, like how do you do that? Well, let me, let me give you, uh, you do what this guy did. It, it's all about having, saying the right words at the right time with the right attitude and having the right spirit to, if, to the fact that if, like, if the leader decides to go in a different direction, you're still going to be cool and you're still going to have the right spirit. So if you want to learn to lead those who are above you, make sure you have, you say the right words. So don't, don't just blurt something out. Like don't just, you know, say whatever comes to mind. No, no, no. Think it through. Write it down. So make sure you have the right words at the right time. Timing is vital with the right attitude. And then make sure that you have the right spirit. The right response, essentially. So when that leader makes a decision that you don't necessarily agree, you still have the right spirit in place and the right attitude. Does that, does that make sense? I promise you, if you do that, you will gain so much influence. You may not necessarily always get what you want in the moment, but long term, you're going to have more influence than, you'll, man, than anyone else in that company, that school, in that organization. So look at the, 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 the last part of ver- verse 15. Look at what it says. So this guy says, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. He says, do not be discouraged by this army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Now, I want to read that again. Let me, let me read that one more time. Because I think that God has a word for you here. Listen to it. He says, do not be afraid. Don't, don't be discouraged by this mighty army. For the Lord, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And in light of everything that we're dealing with, I want you to know that this is the message 
that God's speaking to you today. He's tapping on your shoulders and he's saying, hey, hey, listen, hey, buddy, listen, I, I got a message for you today. Don't be afraid. Hey, listen, are you hearing me? I know, I know that there's a lot of uncertainty right now, but I, want you, I don't want you to be discouraged. I want you to take all of these problems that you're dealing with and use them as an opportunity. Use them as, look, look at them. This is not a setback. I'm setting you up. And by the way, just in case you don't know, this battle, it's not yours. This is mine. I mean, I, I believe that's what God is saying to you. And, and I think he's, that's what he's saying to me. Verse 16, he says this. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens up into the wilderness of Jeruel. Verse 17. Watch this. But you will not even need to fight. What? Are you kidding me? Like the enemy's coming. We can see them. I mean, it's, this is no, this is no, this is real. This is life. And, and this guy gets up and he's giving advice to the king. He's believes that he's got a word from the Lord. And, and, and he's speaking not just to the king, but to the people. And he says, hey, listen, you're going to go over there. You're going to take your position. But you're not going to, you're not going to fight. I, well, what? Are you kidding me? You're not going to fight. Look at what he says. He says, take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. Hardest thing that we can do, right? I feel like, I feel like the authorities, what they've told us is go home, do not work. You know, we're going to literally, we're going to pay you. The stimulus package is coming our way. We're going to pay you to stay home. To me, that is crazy. That's like the hardest thing that I, I can do as a human being. I don't do well just sitting still. I don't do well just staying home and not being able to go out. And that's what this guy is saying to the people. You're going to go, you're going to take your position, and then you're going to stand still and you're going to watch. Could it be that during this time, what God is saying is, let go. Could it be that the lesson that God is teaching you is let go and let me take control of your situation? He says, this man, as he's speaking, he says, he, God, is with you, O people of Judah, O people of Jerusalem. You could very well be saying it like this. God is with you, people of Tyler, Texas. God is with you wherever you're following us. People of Florida, he's with you. People in California, some people were following us online last week from California. God is with you. I'm not going to leave you alone. Are you kidding me? This whole virus thing, it didn't take me by surprise. Like I know, I know what's going on. I'm still on the throne. I'm still the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He says, do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Go out tomorrow. Make sure you go out against them. For, he says, the Lord is with you. I'm going to stop there. Uh, we will continue the rest of the passage next week. But I want to give you three takeaways. This is extremely practical. This is stuff that, that you can, you can, uh, your kids can practice today. You can practice it today. 
um, three things that every leader does when he finds himself in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the battle. Um, so what, what do we do? How do we respond to chaos? Three things. You can take this home with you, and uh, you're probably already home. So, uh, but you can write them down and use them, uh, and hopefully somebody else will benefit from, uh, from these, because when the leader gets better, everybody benefits. So the first one is this. Every leader knows that God has a power over every storm. God, godly leaders know that God has power over every storm. As a leader, you don't have to know everything. We have that example uh, from God's word. Uh, Jehoshaphat, he did not know what to do. He says, I don't know what to do. My eyes are on you, Lord. But every leader knows this. God has a power over our storms. You know, the the stories told of Jesus, uh, he's with his disciples on a boat, they're crossing the Sea of Galilee, and um, it's a lake, basically, and they're rowing, and they're, or maybe they have their sails up, I don't know, maybe, all I know is they did not have any engines, okay, but they're, they're in the middle of the lake, they're going from one end of the, of their, their, uh, town from one town to another they're in the middle of the lake and uh, this storm comes out of nowhere and Jesus is asleep okay and his disciples in fact Matthew Matthew one of the gospel writer, writers he puts it like this he says suddenly says a furious storm came up on the lake so that watch this the waves swept over the boat but Jesus was asleep I love the language there. That there suddenly a, a, a furious storm came up on the lake, and the waves were like overtaken. They were uh, overtaking the boat. But Jesus, he was asleep. Now think about it for a minute. If Jesus is not concerned about the wind and the waves, why should we fear them? If God is not freaking out about the coronavirus. If he's still on the throne and he's still on char- in charge, if he's still king of kings and lord of lords, why should we be afraid of the coronavirus? And so we may not, and I want to be sensitive, we may not be able to change our circumstances. I know I, I've received calls of people who've lost their jobs. I've received calls of people who, who are a little bit nervous because they're going into uh, they're going to the hospital and, and they're treating patients who, who've had, had the virus. I, I get that. We may not change, be able to change our circumstances, but we can opt to put our trust in God. And so leaders, you don't have to know everything, but godly leaders, they know that God has power over our storms. Number two, every godly leader knows that fixing our eyes on Jesus gives us peace. You know that? When you fix your eyes on Jesus... It actually gives you peace. So let me ask you, do you, do you fix your eyes on, on the storm? Do you, are you fixing your eyes on the, the army that's coming your way? Are you fixing your eyes on the virus and the economy? I mean, like, are your eyes glued to the TV 24-7? And I, I'm, I'm preaching to myself because that's what I've been doing. Or are you fixing your eyes on the one who can defeat the army? Are you fixing your eyes on the storm that's coming or are you fixing your eyes on the one that can obliterate the enemy? The one that can calm the storm. Think about it for a moment. What would happen 
If you spend the same amount of time that you spend watching the news, what would happen if you spend that time reading God's Word? Again, not preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself. And it, for me, it's the news, right? But for you, it may be social media, it may be Facebook, it may be uh, a TV, that, uh, a show on TV that you're watching, you're just glued to that thing. What would happen if instead of being glued to those things, our eyes are really on God, on His Word? On, uh, what would happen if we spent more time praying? See, only God knows what's going to happen in the future. Like, I don't know what's going to happen in my life. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with the economy. I don't know. The truth is, I don't know how long we're going to be doing church this way. I don't know what's going to happen to my health. I don't know about, I mean, we don't know about our health situation, our jobs, our careers. But here's the thing. When you fix your eyes on Jesus, He helps you navigate through those rough waters And he gives you wisdom and he gives you discernment. Why? Because he does know. And he's ahead of you. So I don't know if we're going to head back to church in two weeks, three weeks, a month. I hope that we, I hope we can have church for Easter. You know, that's, man, I would love to see you guys. I'm kind of getting tired of of not being able to hang out with you. But I'll be honest with you. The only way that I can navigate this is fixing my eyes on Jesus. Because when I do that, I recognize He knows He's he's going before me. And He's being able to provide all the wisdom, all the peace and strength and grace that I need. So leaders, they know that God has power over every storm. They know that fixing our eyes on Jesus actually gives us peace. And the last takeaway is this, God is on our side. Great leaders, they know God is on our side. I mean, it's easy to focus on on your fears because you can't control the future. I get it. But fortunately, Jesus knows our future. And like I said, he's by your side and he calls you to faith. He doesn't call you to live by sight. And so if, if you choose to fix your eyes on Jesus above all the other storms, here's what you're going to find out. Here's what you're, what you're going to discover. You're going to begin to see that all of those storms, they're not as powerful as the Savior who chooses to walk by your side through these storms. He chooses to walk with you. So we're going to pray in a minute. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for our community. But I want to ask you for two things. Number one, I want to ask you if you feel like God spoke to you today, if you feel like the verses that we read added value to your life, I want to ask you to share the link. Uh, Maybe uh, you can share it on social media, whether it's YouTube, whether it's um, uh, Facebook, whatever whatever platform you have. Um, Text a call to someone saying, hey, listen, um, I heard a great word that I want to share with you. Don't keep it to yourself. Share the link with someone else. Here's the second thing I'd like to ask you for. I would like to ask you to continue to support the ministry so we, continue, so we can continue to help people find their way to God. Uh, would you consider giving online? It's quick, it's safe, um, and it, it will definitely help people. I want you to know as your pastor, if you do come, if you're an owner at LifePoint and you come to our church, um, if you're a part of our church, uh, I want you to know that I'm in this with you. I told our leadership team on Monday that uh, God had put in my heart to 
to give 20% of my salary to help with the needs of our church and our community. And so I'm not asking you to do something that I have not already done so. And, uh, but this is a great time where leaders uh, lead, and I want to practice what I preach. And so would you consider doing, doing those two things? One, share, share the word. Two, uh, if you would, there's a little button to the right that says give online. Just click on it and um, support the ministry. Thank you so much for following us, praying for you. Love you. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for this community. I thank you so much for your love. I thank you that you give us examples like the one in Second Chronicles chapter 20, where we can look to you, where we can learn to be leaders in the midst of the storm. God, help us to fix our eyes on you. Help us to know, we don't have to know everything, but help us to understand, to, to, to get a hold of the fact that you, God, you're our Savior and you're over all of our storms. You are, there's nothing that's as powerful as you. And God, may we never stop looking to you for answers. God, I pray for everybody that's listening to, to, this, to this message. God, I pray that you would lift their spirits. God, I pray that you would provide for them financially. God, I pray that you would provide for them uh, physically and spiritually. God, keep everybody healthy. And God, I pray that you would continue to protect our country, continue to um, lead our, our leaders in government and, and, and our authorities and all of the people in the medical field, all of the scientists. God, I pray for them. Give them um, discernment and give them wisdom um, beyond their, their years of experience. And God, may we take this opportunity to be the church, not necessarily just go to church, but actually be the church of Jesus Christ, to be a movement, an an unstoppable force for good. God, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.